Yes. We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move on my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to give you the lowdown on all things basketball. Today, we are going to be diving into some rookies rookies in review if you will a review of the WNBA rookies and a review of the current NBA rookies and their season so far through about 13 to 15 games in the NBA season and we're going to actually kick this one off with the NBA and then we'll shift into the WNBA and then we'll of course play some with it or quit it BJ are you ready as ready as I'll ever be Drew (laughs) (laughs) Uh, BJ, we're starting this recording just uh, shortly after the uh, Kia rookie ladder in the NBA went out just before 11 o'clock today. So we have fresh rookie rankings of, of how things are looking throughout the NBA. So we can get some some very recent and up to date analysis in today's podcast. Um, we're going to we're going to go from uh, we're going to go along this this NBA rookie ladder. So we're really going to hang out with uh, most of these top guys here and mention some guys that could potentially rise up this ladder as well. Uh, so we'll just we'll just kind of start from from bottom to top. So we'll give we'll get the ten rookies that are on this uh, NBA rookie ladder here, and we'll we'll talk about them throughout this course. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right, newest NBA rookie ladder, starting from number ten, going to number one. In the 10th spot is Davion Mitchell from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, BJ, Davion Mitchell, this, this kid, he's, he's a pretty, pretty stellar defender, uh, given a lot of stars in the league, problems already. You know, as far as, as, far as opportunity out in Sacramento, there's a, there's a decent bit of guard play out there, so he doesn't get as much opportunity as he probably could in a different location. Um, but he still makes the most of what he's got out in Sacramento. You know, he's playing, you know, he's got to worry about Fox, Halliburton, Buddy Heald out there, all those guys soaking up those guard minutes. So he just, he gets in where he fits in and he does well defensively as well. Uh, throughout the season so far, BJ, he's looking at 9.6 points per game, 2.4 rebounds and 3.9 assists per game. Since the previous rookie ladder, uh, he has gotten he's he's gotten his assists up. He had over over this course, which I I believe they do this every week. Uh, he's had eight points per game, one point seven rebounds, and five assists per game. BJ, what have you gotten to see from Davion Mitchell this year, and and what are you liking as he's fitting in with the Kings? I haven't gotten to see a lot of him this year, but I think that in the the limited action that he's been out on the court he's he's doing a lot he's adding you know he's adding 10 points uh on the season and he's he's getting his reps uh you know he was one of those later on uh later round uh, or later in the first round i think uh draft picks 
for Sacramento. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he was late first round. Uh, mm-hmm. He ranks uh, only one player who we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, later on, is ahead of him in terms of scoring and, and minutes from those that were drafted outside the the top five, top ten, I would think. So he's, he's doing – good for that Sacramento team in, when he's out there. And, and I, I think, you know, he's, he's trying to give it, he's trying to get some more playing time uh, for sure. I, I, you look at his, uh, I had it just a second ago. I don't know where the, uh, where that page went. Um, hey, real quick, as you find that, um, and this kind of alludes to what you just mentioned about, uh, about Mitchell. Uh, of those drafted later than his draft position, only Duarte, Duarte if I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, yeah. only Duarte tops Mitchell in minutes and scoring. So he's definitely yeah. making the most from where he was drafted at, especially with, you know, like we said, the bevy of good guards in uh, Sacramento who are soaking up the minutes. Yeah, and, and for Mitchell, you know, he's he's coming in and, and he's got, he's I think one of the underrated stats is that he ranks second in assists per game with four out of pretty much all the rookies, uh, which is very, very good for that Sacramento team. Not only that he's coming in and scoring, you know, almost double digits per game, but he's also distributing the ball. And, and that's part of the reason why, as, as of right now, he's, he's getting a lot of playing time. He's coming in averaging 26 minutes a game, which is really good for a rookie. BJ, we got a question posed in the chat from Daniel here. Would you still draft him as high as nine? I I would. I, I think I've been impressed from what I've seen from him this year, and, and I think he's just going to continue to prove himself and prove that he deserved to be drafted that high and, and continue to pay dividends for that Kings team. Definitely. And um, he, he was big time at Baylor, obviously part of that national yeah. championship team. And he's only going to grow. I mean, when you come into the league being as good of a defensive player as he is as a rookie, the only things you have to add to your game is just that scoring element. You know, so once he really ramps up that scoring, he'll really establish himself as a two-way player in this league. And I mean, for right now, as far as rookies go, he is one of the better. I mean, he's probably the best two-way player of this rookie class, arguably, right now. And I mean, if you you increase his minutes, it's only going to show – even more with time, and you'll see that as as seasons go along. He's a very good player, very talented, definitely not a player to sleep on. He knows what it's like to play on the biggest stages. So I've I've got high hopes for Davion Mitchell and his future in the NBA. And last week on the uh, Kia rookie ladder, he was number nine. So he drops slightly, but that's a testament to these guys that have – to at least this one guy who went from not being on the rookie ladder at all to being – Number nine, we'll go ahead and transition to him. And that well, is I was going to say one, one, one more thing about Mitchell is that even go though ahead. he's a rookie, even though he's a rookie, he is sixth in terms of leading the Kings in terms of scoring this year. He's sixth on the team. Solid. So basically, solid. As, a, as a rookie, he's coming in and, and, you know, getting a lot of minutes, getting like six-man six kind of uh, points tallied up. So – like we said, definitely taking advantage advantage of his minutes. Uh, yep. but yes, uh, number nine on this rookie ladder now, Bones Highland, previously not on the rookie ladder uh, at all. 
Uh, his season stats, eight and a half points per game, two rebounds, and 2.1 assists per game. Uh, since the last rookie ladder last week, he's up, he's up some of those categories. He's scoring just under 12 points per game and 11.8, 3.3 rebounds, and 2.8 assists per game. BJ, I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't know much about Bones Highland. And, you know, with what they have out in Denver, you know, Jokic, uh, you know, waiting on Jamal Murray to get back, Monte Morris stepping up, Aaron Gordon, you know, they've had problems with uh, Michael Porter Jr. and his back, so he is out. But he's kind of, Bones Highland is kind of flying under the radar in Denver and has just quietly made his way onto this list. Um, what, what do you know, BJ, about Bones Highland, and what is, what's he really bringing to the table in Denver? It looks like he can score the ball a little bit. Yeah, he can score the ball a little bit, um, averaging just under 17 minutes a game. But he, too, is right up there in terms of leading the Nuggets. He's uh, also in that sixth uh, spot in terms of uh, points per game across all Nuggets so far this year. And doing it in under 17 minutes a game is is really impressive. Um, From what I saw of him last time out against Dallas, he didn't he didn't really impress me. He, he, you know, had a tough matchup though, as you would expect, um, playing, you know, playing Porzingis and, and some of those, those tough Mavericks, tall guys out there. He only had, I believe it was two points in just 11 minutes. He went one of four, um, shooting the ball and he, he put, racked up three fouls. So I, I kind of, you know, I, I think it must've been, uh, what he was doing, uh, in, in some of his other games because if I remember right you go back to Sunday for Denver and uh, he tallied up 18 points in 23 minutes against the Trailblazers and Denver won that game by 30 so he, mm-hmm. he was making the most of his time he had one really big game I think and it's part of why he, he shot up so much when you have a big game like that and uh, you know you you can raise your your averages up with just one big game, so that might be why he he jumped up as high as he did uh, from not being ranked last week. Yeah, and he's he's out there like like I said about Monte Morris, he's he's been contributing uh, more as well, uh, being a factor at the point guard position. That's where Bones Highland plays as well. Uh, coming out of VCU. Uh, finally getting a little bit more opportunity. Got to take advantage of it while it's there because once Jamal Murray is back, those minutes are going to be soaked right up because Jamal Murray yep. is that dude. And, you know, it's everybody's just been waiting on him to get back. A big-time player, big-time scorer. One of – and we're not even trying to get here, but Jamal Murray, one of the more clutch scorers in this league, you know, at his age that I've seen. Because when he's in the playoffs, like, you need a bucket, get the ball to Jamal Murray. But Bones, exactly. Bones Highland trying to take advantage of those those new minutes. Um, not not very efficient so far. Just shooting forty percent from the field and thirty four percent from three point range, but nearly automatic from the line. So you know, just got to up those uh, those percentages there. Become more efficient. Take better shots. Smarter shots. And and take advantage of those minutes when you are given them. He's getting sixteen and a half per game on the year. Going up this rookie ladder now, someone, somebody we definitely know about, and he makes a lot of noise out there in Houston. That's Mr. Jalen Green at number eight uh, for the Houston Rockets. His season stats, 13.9 points per game, 
uh, 3.4 rebounds per game and 2.6 assists per game. Since the last rookie ladder last week, he scored 14.8 points per game, 4 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists. At the previous ladder, he was at 6th. So, BJ, I've seen a decent bit of Jalen Green, and especially that that uh, that game that he had against Cade Cunningham, which we will get to here in a little bit, mm-hmm. it's a little bit higher on this list. Uh, but Jalen Green, Jalen Green is a good player. He's a good scorer. Um, I just don't know if you know, you know, putting the pressure on him to to do a lot of that scoring at the guard position is really what the Rockets need right now. And and there's been a lot of talk like, hey, we should have had should have had John Wall playing so far, and I think John Wall would help a lot of these young players um, as yeah. far as you know, not putting as much pressure on them. And you know, John knows what to do in the league, and he can score, he can get you, you know, your looks and everything like that. But it's not like Jalen Green is playing bad at all. Um, what do no, you like from Jalen Green? Yeah, I was gonna say, um, you know. A little bit of a spoiler, there is another rocket that we'll talk about on this list here coming up in just a moment. Um, you know, for Green, though, he's just, you know, they're they're putting the ball in his hands a lot, and it just doesn't feel like it's really been paying off. Uh, he had a minus 87 this week, um, which is just not great. When you look at some of his overall numbers uh, – I had it here just a second. Let's see. Yeah, he comes in ranking 12th. He's, you know, not really getting a whole lot of good shots. He, his field goal percentage is a 36, you know, down to uh, three turnovers a game or up to three turnovers a game. He's got a minus three on the season even. Um, you know, he's he's getting a lot of volume, but it really, you know, I think that they're just trying to get him – uh, get him the ball because he's the future. It just so far hasn't really paid off. If if you can kind of give him a, a less role so far, you know, and, and like you said, play John Wall uh, more, like we had talked about, I think he might be doing a little bit better because the pressure wouldn't be on him all the time. I think he's got certainly has the talent to uh, you know make a yeah. lot of play, but he's just kind of for right now he's. He, he might be getting a little bit frustrated with himself because he's not getting the looks and it's not falling the way he wants it to go. Right. Extremely inefficient so far in this early going. Uh, 36% from the field and just 27.4% from three. Yikes. Uh, not even actually shooting very well at the free throw line for a guard. Honestly, uh, 78.6% from the free throw line. So uh, he, he might need to do some soul searching, honestly, just to get that shot right. And take some better shots, you know. A six foot six shooting yeah. guard, you know, there is a lot of pressure on him in Houston, but it's not like there's any real pressure to win now. It's just to get developed and, and take advantage of uh, the usage and the minutes that you get on the floor. Uh, yeah, and and with with know, him, he's getting you know, with him, he's getting like thirty two minutes a game and averaging fourteen points. Both of those are good for second among all Rockets, not rookie or not. So. He's getting definitely getting his opportunities. It's just kind of maybe, like you said, he's getting in his head a little bit and really has to, to you know, put less pressure on himself. Right. A lot of hopes for a lot of hopes for him though, and 
We'll see if he gets a little bit more efficient. He's got some pretty rough numbers right now, so he's going to have to really turn things around to make a real shift in in what his shooting percentages are looking like. It it is only you know up to 15 games in for for most teams right now, so he's yeah. still got a lot of season left to turn around. And you know some people slump early in the season. Uh, you know Luca even slumped in the early going of the season last year, and that's pretty much what knocked him out of the MVP race. But you know Jalen's got time to turn around. He was the number two overall pick. He's got time. Yeah. And you talked about another Houston Rocket on this list. That guy's right above him, and I really hope that I get his name right as well. <laughs> but I'm right here with the pronunciation. Alparan Shingen. There we go. That one's that one's tough. Um, but, yes, another Houston Rocket on this list as well, just above his teammate Jalen Green, um, and, and for good reason. He's taking advantage of his minutes as well. He's getting 19.3 a game. And and not doing too bad. I mean, he is a center though, so his field goal percentage could be a little bit better. You know, around the rim makes could be a lot uh, a lot more efficient. But uh, he, he's doing all right. Nine point four points per game, four point eight uh, rebounds per game, and two point two assists uh, since the last rookie ladder, where he was at number eight in Jalen Green's spot. Currently, uh, he scored ten point uh, three points per game, six point and had 6.3 rebounds, along with 1.7 assists per game. Um, <laughs> I don't want to try and say his name again. I want, I want to try and be consistent with this one. Alparin. There we go. Alparin. Uh, Shingen. There we go here. God, goodness. That, that one's <laughs> right there. Uh, 16th overall pick. Uh, first round by Oklahoma City. Ended up in Houston. And, uh, you know, obviously – Christian Wood is soaking up the minutes, and that's really, you know, the best player on the floor right now. That's that's who you kind of want to play through uh, yeah. along with getting that development for Jalen Green. But um, apparently he's, he's been doing good over here as well. I mean, he, he tries to stretch out and shoot the three ball uh, as well. He, he shoots it at least one time a game, you know, shooting at 37% right now. Uh, not the greatest. His free, three, bah, free throw percentage is not the greatest at 66.7%, but he is a big – so, you know, you, it's kind of commonplace for bigs to not shoot the best from the line. But uh, 48% from the field. BJ, what have you seen from this young center uh, out in Houston as he tries to take advantage of those minutes when Christian Wood is not on the floor? Well, I, I think for me, you know, he's he's making the most of his opportunities and, and doing a, a fantastic job. He's been more consistent and, and more efficient, really, in, in my opinion. And I think the stats back it up for Houston this year than, than Jalen Green has. Of course, you know, he doesn't have as big of a uh, role with the team as, as Jalen Green does this year. Correct. Uh, you know, he was the lower draft pick, as you said. And, and uh, you know, in just 13 games, he's, he's on the, the lower end of – minutes out of all the rookies with the exception of Bones Highland. Um, but you come in and, and look at, you know, his his numbers. He's, you know, a little bit below average with the points. But one one place that he does, uh, in fact, in a lot of areas, he, he's better uh, at than, than Green in uh, in terms of with his rebounding, which you'd expect. Uh, He's not too far behind Jalen Green in terms of assists per game either, which was really kind of surprising and definitely getting a lot more uh, action in terms of steals and blocks has the better overall efficiency rating as well. So I, I think that, you know, when he's out on the court, 
you know, Christian Wood can rest a little bit easier because, you know, they're, they're relying on him a lot. And, and uh, you know, as you'd expect with, with this Rockets team, but, you know, uh, Schengen has been doing a fantastic job and I expect to see probably more numbers as the season goes along for him and they'll, they'll try to work him in and, and give him some more minutes anywhere they really can. Yeah, and, and for him, uh, with those assists that you mentioned, that's kind of more of a, a knock towards Jalen Green. If anything, yeah. his his numbers are so low uh, with the assists. If he's, you know, I mean, the, the center coming off the bench is averaging as much or near as much as you are, then, yeah. I mean, you need to start passing the ball maybe a little bit. But, you know, Jalen Green is a scorer, so it's, it's a part of his game that he has to develop. And yeah. he, he will over time. He'll become a better player. Uh, he'll have to. He'll expand his game, and and he'll he'll become a better passer. Absolutely. Okay, next yeah. up. Next up at number six, and then we'll get into the top five. Uh, and the aforementioned Chris Duarte. We mentioned him just a bit ago earlier in the season. He was atop the rookie ladder, and has kind of trickled his way down as other players have made their way up. Uh, his his latest ranking was three last week, so he's dropped uh, a decent bit, and some other players are stepping up though. But but Duarte, uh, he's scoring fourteen point three points per game, four total rebounds, four point four total rebounds a game, and two point one assists, shooting very efficiently from three point range at forty percent and forty three percent from the field, not bad. And he is averaging. Uh, thirty two minutes per game, playing considerably out in Indiana with. Our former head coach BJ in Dallas, Rick Carlisle, who yeah. is not doing great so far, six and nine, sitting at thirteenth in the Eastern Conference. Um, Duarte, you you look at his scoring and look at uh, the rest of Indiana. Uh, we know we know we know Duarte can score. Um, that that's no question. And you know, at six foot six, shooting guard, you know, grabbing in four rebounds, not too bad. Um, BJ, if you could you know, point out an area of concern for Duarte and, you know, where he started at the top of this rookie ladder and it's kind of trickled down with, you know, other players passing him. Uh, well, what would that be? Well, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he dealing with a nagging shoulder injury? Uh, that might have been why he's kind of fallen down. His numbers haven't been as good if, if he's not 100%. Uh, it's, uh, know, and, it's, and it's, it's an ankle. It's an ankle. Okay. Uh, I thought he was a shoulder an ankle. He didn't play Monday uh, in Monday's game for Indiana. Okay. I, th- I thought that maybe he had been – I thought I remembered something about him dealing with a, with a shoulder injury. Uh, but, Could be a little bit of both, yeah. but uh, right now is, you know, what I'm seeing is ankle. Yeah. Um, I mean, still good for, for fourth in terms of team scoring ahead of even Miles Turner at this point. Um you know, getting the solid minutes, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's really good to see for him that he's come in and, and had such a big uh, contribution. Uh, you look at his numbers, he's, he's got the best uh, average of three pointers made per game. He's doing, he's just under, uh, just under one in terms of his efficiency. In fact, he's just under in the negatives, but you know, uh, comes in, I think, third in terms of rookies and scoring average per game. He's getting the numbers. He's getting, uh, you know, getting good at playing time. He's getting the numbers 
and when he's on the court. I think it's just if he's battling an injury, I think that might be why he's slipping down just a little bit. Hopefully that will work itself out and he'll be back to 100% here really soon. Right. Definitely love him as a scorer. And, you know, honestly, I'm surprised he's scoring at the rate he is out in Indiana with, with all the weapons that they have that can put the ball through the hoop. You know, DeMontis Sabonis, yeah. uh, Miles Turner having quite the year, stretching it out to three-point range, really firing whenever he gets a chance from from that deep. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and um, yeah. from from all indicators, T.J. Warren will be back, uh, I'm pretty sure, next month as well. So uh, we'll see if, if that pace, as far as his minutes per game go and his production continues once the Pacers are a little bit more healthy. Uh, now let's trickle our way into the top five here. Popping in is the guy we've kind of been waiting on to slide into the top five. Uh, he was previously seventh on the rookie ladder here, and that's Cade Cunningham. Put up quite the performance recently, actually. Uh, Cade, Cumming- Cade Cunningham, at 20 years old and 51 days, became the youngest player in NBA history with at least 25 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and five three-pointers made in a game. He is followed by LeBron James at 20 years and 100 days and Trey Young at 20 years and 163 days and our boy Luka Doncic at 20 years and 248 days via uh, Elias Sports there. Take that for data. Yeah. First time this season, Cade Cunningham in there. uh, An ankle injury kept him out early in the regular season. Um, You know, he had to, yeah, had to get his minutes ramped up once he started getting in the league as well. So he didn't, you know, just start off hot once he got there. But he's been, he's been very assertive. Uh, you know, that big game against Sacramento on Monday um, joined some very elusive company. Um, he's just, um, he's along with Steph Curry, who did it twice, Trey Young and Jason Kidd, as the only rookie to hit those thresholds in a ball game. Uh, one concern is the ankle might still be bothering him uh, from what reports indicate. Uh, more than half of his shots have come from three-point range with less than 15% coming inside three feet. Uh, BJ, what, what, what are you liking from Cade, Hunt? Cade Cunningham? Obviously, he can score the ball, but are, how, how concerned are you about that ankle? Yeah, I'm not really that concerned. I think I don't think it's necessarily – nagging he may kind of think it is but it might be more of a, a, of like a psychological thing and he's kind of you know not wanting to go 100 percent quite yet just because he doesn't want you know a re-injury or anything like that i think that once he you know kind of gets out of his head a little bit more he'll be climbing up because this is what we expected to see from the rookie the number one overall pick as good as he looked last year at, at uh, Oklahoma State, you know, this is what we expected to see from him. And and Detroit, with the number one pick, you know, they they certainly won, won, in my opinion. I think they got the best player in the draft. And, and you can make the argument for a lot of these players on, on the, the, the list here today. But I, I just – I liked what I saw from Keith Cunningham with his one year at Oklahoma State. I, I thought he was a really solid player. I still do. And I think that kind of, like I said, once he gets out of his own head, I don't necessarily think that the angle is, is, is you know, nagging at him. I think more so. And, and obviously, I could be wrong. I don't know what, what, what you know, his body is, is uh, you know, uh, dealing with or anything like that. But I, 
I'd be more more likely to say that I think that it might just be him worried about uh, re reaggravating something more so than than actually still lingering. Right, and and that's really common with you know any injury, you know, especially an ankle, which is yeah. so easy to roll. You could roll it at any moment. You could be walking down the street and accidentally roll your ankle. Just look, I've I've done it far too often. I thought, I think I once rolled my it. ankle getting out of bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I mean, you, you take the wrong little bit of a step, and you just, I mean, you, it could happen at any moment. So, yeah. Um, Hopefully that's not something he's too concerned about. And just, you know, the more he keeps working on it, you know, the more they rehab him in uh, Detroit along the way, um, you know, hopefully he's going to be fine. Uh, I, I really love his game. and I think he's one of, he's, he's the most talented rookie, I think, in this draft. Uh, will he have the best career? That remains to be seen because I like those two-way players that, uh, you know, yeah. some of the two-way players on this list, one that we've mentioned in Davion Mitchell, um, you know, you, you give that guy some more minutes, you know, he can see a decent bit more production. But I want to quickly bring up our boy Lamar here uh, yeah. as we get it, as we're in the top five here. And Lamar, um, you know, you, you heard us talk a bit about Cade Cunningham. Uh, what have you liked from that young stud so far as he's gotten acclimated into the league? I, I like him personally. Um, I think it's going to take time to adjust because, you know, especially as a rookie, like getting injured in your rookie year is like, it's it's a terrible thing to do because it can really mess up your your mental in in, in terms of the game in itself, right? So it's like so it's like he's just coming off an injury. Now he's gonna feel like like okay, can I really do what I was picked to do? Especially since I'm the number one pick. I like his I like his decision making. I I do think that he's able to produce. I think that though I think the Pistons will start to win a bit more games. Not. Not that ill, like not not saying that he's gonna he's gonna make them a playoff team, but I think that um, his fit with the system is just there because you know I watched him beat us, so I mean he he's a great player personally. I totally right. agree with you. Um, we're gonna go ahead and slide up to number four on this list, Mr. Josh Giddy uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was previously fifth on the Kia rookie ladder here. Uh, scoring nine points per game, 6.6 .6 rebounds per game, and 6.2 assists per game. Guys, uh, he's, he's dishing the ball. Uh, since the last ladder, he's only gotten 6.5 points per game, 7.8 rebounds per game, though, and a little bit more, 6.8 assists per game. Uh, one of the bigger questions coming out of OKC was how uh, Josh was going to kind of mesh with Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the backcourt. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of young talent out in OKC. So, I mean, you know, all he had to do was win the job, um, you know, put himself there and just be a good teammate. Um, so far, so good on that front. Uh, uh, Shea Gilgis has seen his assists drop from 5.9 to 4.2, but he still tops the usage rate in OKC with 27.7. Uh, Giddy's got great ball skills, and it makes him must-see TV, you know, whenever OKC's actually on TV. Goodness, or if you got League Pass, you can check him out. That could be your League Pass team. But he, he's he got a 19.9% usage rate, which ranks sixth on the, the team in OKC. Uh, he struggled from the field uh, this past week, making only 11 of 38 shots overall, and four for 16 
uh, from three-point range, and that's kind of why his points per game are down. He hasn't been efficient in this past week. But, what guys, what is impressing, impressing y'all about Josh Giddy? What's impressing me is, you know, he's he's filling up the box score. You know, he's scoring a little bit. He's getting a little bit of rebounds. You know, six foot eight shooting guard. Goodness, that's tall. And getting six assists per game. You know, his efficiency isn't there, but still a lot to look forward to with this kid. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I like the uh, I like his ability to distribute the ball. I think that uh, when you look at his numbers. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, he, he's fourth in, in terms of points scored on the team. He comes in third in, in minutes, though, as a rookie. That's really good from the Oklahoma City team. But he leads. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's assist numbers going down. But he leads the team in terms of six with, uh, assists with six a game. Yeah. Uh, and he comes in second just behind Basley for rebounds a game. So, like you said, he's putting up numbers, but – He's showing that he doesn't necessarily need to score the ball. Uh, it would be nice if he can score a little bit more. Then, then Oklahoma City might be winning more games once he gets all three assets really figured out and, and, and turned on this year. But he's, he's doing a fantastic job, uh, you know, in terms of what he's able to do so far. I wanted There was one game in particular that I thought I remembered him having a really good game. Um, I wanted to see if, if the numbers were as good as I remembered them. Um, for him, let's see. Uh, sorry, give me one second. Yeah, in uh, against the uh, when they won against the Lakers. I mean, he only had five points, but distributing the ball, eight assists, he had eight rebounds. He played 32 minutes. That was good for third on the team that night. So, almost like young Rondo numbers. Not a lot of scoring, but a lot of you know boards. Distributing, yeah, yeah, definitely in this assist category. It's impressive. What about you, Lamar? Uh, one thing that I want to say is that you know, anytime I think about Josh, I get giddy. You know, oh my goodness! But, uh, I knew a pun was well, coming. What was? But oh you know what? I, I'll say this. I think I think the thing about Josh Giddy is that he, like he because he's a number six pick overall. And I think the thing that OKC fans can be happy about is that if he's not scoring, it doesn't mean he's not doing anything in 32 minutes. Like, when you think of 32 minutes and five points, obviously, like, in my opinion, that's kind of bad. But because he's getting rebounds and he's getting assists and he's doing everything else, it's kind of what I think about when I think of Kyle Lowry is, like, you don't have to score to be impactful, and that's what I get from Josh Giddy. So I think that OKC got to – I at first, I thought it was kind of, it was too early, but you know what? Like, Josh – he, he – He's gonna be he's gonna be good for them, and if they develop him right, I don't know what it is about OKC and just making triple double threats, but OKC got a good one. They did. It's gonna be good for their future in OKC. You know they got picks for days, so I mean the young development yeah. train is is on a roll out there. So uh, it's when he thinks great. about Josh, he gets giddy. Come on, man. yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Lamar. You got to expect it. <laughs> uh, We'll continue to climb up this rookie ladder. Franz Wagner next at the number three spot. Previously at number four last week's season stats. Looking at 13.4 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, and 1.9 assists per game. Uh, since the last ladder last week, 12.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. Um, Wagner was one of the first couple of rookies on the ladder who were drafted after a more heralded new teammate, uh, Jalen Suggs. Um but this this guy he's six foot nine. He's a small forward. 
Uh, he was drafted at number eight, uh, just a few spots behind Suggs. Um, but, you know, Suggs has – he spun his wheels a bit playing, you know, behind Cole Anthony, who's having a good year. Uh, Wagner's – he's taking advantage of his opportunities, and he's he's averaging more minutes, points, rebounds, and even steals while shooting better than Jalen Suggs. This is not a guy that I expected to be talking about as much from the Orlando Magic. I thought it was going to be a lot of Suggs. I, th- I thought they were going to find a way to utilize a lot of Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs at the same time, but it seems like that's not the case. And Franz Wagner here is really taking advantage of what he's been giving, uh, shooting pretty efficiently, you know, uh, at the small forward in his 13.4 uh, points per game, 44.5% from the field. And not too bad from three-point range, just short of 40% at 37. Um, what, what do you guys like from him, and what, what surprised you really about his game in Orlando? Well, I'll be honest. When you said uh, that he was in third and, and you said his name, I thought you said Bronze Wagner. I was expecting another Lamar pun that was going to be like, you know, third place, Bronze. But uh, Ooh, I'm glad actually, that – I want to correct, correct myself real quick. I, I'm, I always pronounce their – Stinking names wrong. I did it with his brother too. It's Wagner. There we go. Wagner. Franz Wagner. So he comes in. You know, he's third in terms of minutes for any rookie uh, across the league. He's doing a, a fantastic job with. Uh, I think he's averaging or tied for the most steals per game among rookies, and he's got the third best efficiency out of any rookie. Uh, you know, I, I really like what I've, I've seen from him so far this year. Might want to work on the field goal percentage just a little bit, but it, it could be worse. I think, I think, like you said, that we were kind of expecting more of a role for for Jalen Suggs and, and Cole Anthony, but uh, Wagner's done a great job in terms of, you know, making the most of his time uh, while he's on the court. He's third in terms of uh, scoring on the team just behind Wendell Carter Jr., uh, you know, he's, he's making the most of his playing time, and, and I expect that, you know, he will continue to to, uh, to be consistent with that and, and probably try to climb his way up into the top two if he can. But it's going to be tough because I expect Cunningham will probably pass him at some point, and the top two that are already in front of him are, are probably not going to drop below him. In fact, so I think – I mean, it's 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 so good. These rookies are, are really good. Uh, it, it may come down to which rookie has, you know, not only the best numbers but has the best record team-wise, which one has done more for the team at the end of the season. Lamar? I think uh, Franz Wagner's play has been magical so far this season. That's one thing I'll say. Uh, <laughs> that one almost, but, uh, I almost didn't catch that. Listen, it's, you know what? It's crazy because, and, and like, because Clutch Points made a video saying how the Raptors made the wrong pick and the guy's not even top 10, but Franz Wagner is. Not saying that Franz Wagner doesn't deserve it. And maybe this will be a hot take, but I think he's going to be, the next time a rookie ladder comes out, he's going to be number two just because I think, I think the um the injury to to Mobley is just gonna put some people in hindsight, or they're gonna forget. Um, oh, yeah. So I think I think he I think he's gonna I think he's gonna hit number two, but I don't think it's gonna be long because Cade might get start to get into the swing of things. So, but I I, I like I like his play for the Magic. Honestly, he 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 surprised me a lot personally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I do see Kate climbing up, and, and you, you already mentioned it uh, as we go into our number two guy, Evan Mobley, uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, playing some good basketball. Season stats, 14.6 points per game, eight rebounds per game, and two and a half assists per game. Uh, since last week's rookie ladder, he has scored 13.8 points per game, eight rebounds, and 2.3 assists per game. Pretty much staying pr- pretty consistent throughout the course of the season so far. Um, he's he's done something that uh, LeBron James didn't manage to do uh, through 14 games as a Cleveland Cavalier early on, and that's get 200 points and 100 rebounds as early in the in the season as he has in uh, 15 games. Or four, well, I guess technically 15 games because that's when he's he went out. Uh, Mobley, uh, he got tangled up with uh, in his cancer and suffered a sprained right elbow, and that is going to be missing that two to four weeks that Lamar mentioned. Um, and it, it's really disappointing because he was really coming into his own as far as you know, just ascending up this rookie ladder, and you know, almost going to be you know undoubtedly taking over number one. But now it's going he's going to be out for you know just you know close to a month. And, uh, you know, it's not really going to kill his rookie of the year chances there. Uh, LaMelo won it last season despite missing 21, 21 games. But it could tear a hole in the Cavs' ambitions as far as making the playoffs because they're doing well so far. Um, they're actually they're in the playoff race right now. I know it's super early, but the Cavs are sitting at number five in the East. And, and they've stayed afloat without Laurie Markkinen, who's played well this season. And you haven't seen a whole lot of Kevin Love. And Colin Sexton is out for the year. So his play, uh, Evan Mobley's play, play has been really good. Um, BJ, what do you see as far as the future for Evan Mobley in Cleveland? Is is he going to be the guy? Yeah, I – I think he could be. I mean, you you talked about what he's been able to do so far this year and stuff that even LeBron wasn't able to do. Um, you know, I, I, I have absolutely been impressed by what I've seen from him so far this year. And, and I just hope that, you know, his injury isn't too severe, that it's nagging at him for even longer than what that he could be out for. Because, um, like you said, they're right now they're in the, the thick of it in the playoff standings. Uh, you know, trying to trying to make a run down there at number five. You know, without him, they might not have enough uh, to overcome uh, and and still be in the playoffs. But you look at Mobley and, and all that he's done as a rookie. He's second in terms of minutes per game, just as a rookie on this team. And he comes in, you know, just a, a tenth of a point behind Ricky Rubio for for third among all Cavaliers players, and and he's definitely uh, the only non-guard that is averaging uh, or has the most points out of any non-guard on that Cavalier squad. So I've really been impressed by what I've seen from him. I I, I think he absolutely has a chance of, of winning the Rookie of the Year award as long as he can, you know, come back and. and you know, get back to that level that he was at just before he suffered that injury. So I'm, I'm hoping that it won't be too severe and that he won't miss too much time because he's, he's a fantastic player and he has definitely had a big-time impact on this Cavalier squad. Lamar? Evan Mobley is so mobile, um, and, like, that's an actual fact, right? Like, it, it's crazy that, like, it's pretty much in his name and he's so mobile as a big. Yeah. Like, I like honestly, like I think 
if if he were to maintain the health, and I think if he if he bounces back um, from the injury, like the way that he came in, like I think he he honestly has a chance to win it all. Um, not not a championship rookie of the year, but um, but I think like on defense, like I think he's the best defensive player in in this draft from what I've seen so far. Really, it me me personally. Wow. I and and I and we'll and we'll talk about it more later, but I I really do think that he's the he's the best defensive player. Maybe maybe in in certain aspects he's not it's not clear cut, but I think especially like in the paint, I I really do think he's the he's the best. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that kind of leads us into the number one guy here, who I think is the best defender. Uh, of all the rookies so far, and that's Mr. Scotty Barnes. He's you know, argu- arguably the best two-way player in this in this uh, rookie class here as well. He's 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 taking advantage of his opportunities so far as well, and he's you know honestly he's gotten quite a bit of opportunity out there in uh, uh, Toronto, you know especially with um, you know Siaka missing uh, a bit of time early on, so he's really gotten to come on early. Uh, averaging 16.3 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, and 2.8 assists per game uh, since the last rookie ladder where he was at number two, uh, scored 15.8 points per game, 7.5 rebounds a game, and 3.5 assists per game. Scotty Barnes, this kid is poised. Uh, he's even been he, he's been even better on the road, amazingly enough. His road stats, 19.6 points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game, almost a double-double. 2.6 assists per game and 54.2% shooting. He's definitely earned the praise that he's recently got from uh, Coach uh, Steve Nash in Brooklyn. Said, quote, he can impact the game in a lot of ways. Offensively, I think there is a player that has a high ceiling but is still going to continue to develop. Defensively, he's very versatile and can guard multiple positions, skill sets, and actions. And... uh <clears throat> He is uh, he's very dynamic, you know, and we and we talked about, or I talked about you know him taking advantage of his minutes. He's he's as far as from what I can tell, he's leading in minutes per game um, for all the rookies so far at thirty five and a half. Um, as a matter of fact, he is just just a couple of minutes more than Evan Mobley's been playing a game. So yeah. he's he's always on the floor. He's always making an impact, whether it's you know getting a bucket when you need him to or. Uh, you know, stepping up against the the team's best uh, offensive player as a defender. So, Scotty Barnes has been really impressive and has always been atop this rookie ladder all season. What, what have you guys liked from him? I like I like his field goal percentage. I think he's doing a fantastic job, you know, making the most of, of scoring when he gets the opportunity to do so. Right. Leading all the rookies, 16.3, like you said. Um, you know, and, and not just that, but but rebounding, he's up there at the tops of, of the, the rookie leaderboard and, and rebounds. You know, he's been the second most efficient behind Mobley, and now that may be uh, changing with Mobley's injury. Um, before the year, I thought it was going to be either Barnes or it was going to be Kate Cunningham, then went to the computer. And so far, you know, with, with Kate starting off slow and having an ankle injury, Barnes is definitely played his way up into that number one spot for me right now. And I, uh, I think that, you know, he's going to continue to get, make the most of his opportunities on the court for Toronto. And uh, we'll see if it's going to be enough to outlast uh, Cade's 
Kid Cunningham's uh, effort to, because I I guarantee you he'll be climbing back up, and and it'll be going neck and neck down to the end of the season to see who uh, wins the rookie of the year. Lamar. Yep. Um. You you know when you know when people say, um. Oh, when someone locks somebody down, it's like oh they put him in jail. Yo, yeah. when when Scotty does it, they he puts him in the barnyard. Like that's what he does. <laughs> Listen, now Now let me elaborate more on my defense position, right? I think in terms of in terms of execution, especially on the perimeter, I think he's better than Evan Mobley. Um, I think the, where I give Evan Mobley the edge in terms of defense is the IQ. Like, I feel like Evan Mobley just knows where to be more than Scotty, than Scotty Barnes. And that could be because maybe Pascal is being inserted into the lineup. So it's kind of, you know, mushing things up for him a bit. But I, th- I think that, um, as like like I said, like in all aspects of defense, I would personally take um, Evan Mobley. But we're not here to talk about him right now. We're, we're talking about Scotty Barnes, who, who I believe is going to win Rookie of the Year, and that's not just because he's on my team. Scotty yeah. Barnes is very good at bat, is very good at basketball. I think he's the best all-around player in this draft, offense and defense. His shot is not too bad, like in terms of jump shots, like, it could definitely use some improvement, but like that's going to improve when you're in the Raptors development program. Is that well, if you can if you can defend an elite level, we'll teach you how to shoot, no problem. So I think that his impact already is just insane. Um, especially like you're you're looking at the Raptors record, which is seven and seven. Which, in all honesty, I think it's better than what I expected it to be. But I think that. His, his impact on the defensive end and offensive end is just like his his role is going to grow as the season goes on and as his career goes on. Because if he was a number one scoring option on this team, wow, like this guy would be insane. Scotty, Scotty is the rookie of the year. Kate, I'm sorry. Detroit, um, sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> Cleveland. Um, actually, one thing I wanted to say about Cleveland, uh, you, you mentioned that LeBron couldn't crack 200 points. Yo, Anthony Bennett couldn't crack 200 points for the franchise. Which is <laughs> Anthony crazy. Bennett was a complete bust. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Barnes is a league. He's been a rookie of the year, man. Oh, yeah. And, and one thing that is still left to be desired in Scotty Barnes's game, but, he, I mean, he doesn't shoot this often, but when he does, it doesn't go in too much. And that's that three-pointer uh, shooting only 18% from three-point range so far. But, you know, granted, he doesn't shoot it too often. Uh, everything else is very efficient. Uh, but that does lead me into uh, what I was going to ask next, and the only one to really answer it now besides me is BJ, uh, because Lamar already said rookie of the year is Scotty Barnes. My rookie of the year is Evan Mobley. BJ, who is your rookie of the year? So far, I would say Scotty Barnes. Um, that is subject to change, but I mean, I, I like what, you know, I think he's been even better as when the Raptors are on the road than, than when they're at home. And, and I think, you know, uh, Lamar can, can verify this. I, I think he's just been better when he's in that hostile road environment than, than when he's at home in front of the, the home fans. Is that that's correct, right, Lamar? And, yeah, I think he just seems like a guy that just feeds off of energy, whether it's good or bad. So I think, like, in, like the more – like, he, I think his best game was against Boston, and that's a very hostile place. Oh, yeah. So he, he, feed, he feeds heavily off of energy, and that's especially because he brings his own energy. So if you just give him more energy to, to feed off of, like – that's your problem in all, in all essence. Yeah. 
So would your would your would you guys' answer change any bit if you know this is our, these are our right now picks? Will you change yeah. it for the end of the year? I would say, and one thing because I'm in a Raptors group chat, one thing that I did say is that if Evan Mobley, if I if I still believe by the end of the season, Scotty Barnes is the rookie of the year, but Evan Mobley wins it, I cannot be upset at that. Right. Because I think that one and two is literally so close. It like it could literally change week by week between those two. Yeah. Like I don't think like that's the thing. Like I think that Evan Mobley's gonna no, I think that Scotty Barnes is gonna win it, but it's not but it's not clear cut. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I think right now this is what I've got. Uh like I said though, I, I, I know it's subject to change because I think Kate Cunningham's gonna uh, come back up and, and be in contention for it too. You know, he got off to the slow start with the, the ankle injury, which we've well documented, of course. But I, I think that he's he's playing better, and I think I expect him to continue to keep playing better. Probably going to get up and, and try to get ahead of uh, Mobley while Mobley's out. I don't know if he'll be able to do so, but I think he's going to come close. But I don't know about – Scotty Barnes quite yet. It, it'll come. I think it'll come down to the very last week, probably even the last games. We shall see. Still plenty of games left to be played. Now time to shift over into the WNBA side of things, guys. It's talking about these 2021 WNBA rookies, and some got opportunities, some didn't. But, you know, only one came away with the rookie of the year, and that was Michaela Onyenwede. She finished Rookie of the Year, averaging 8.6 points, 2.9 rebounds, and a little over half of it. I'm not even going to mention the assist. Shooting 40% from the field. Uh, Michaela had all types of opportunity uh, with the New York Liberty as the number six overall pick. You know, she was going to get the minutes from the jump, and she did. She averaged 22 minutes per game, uh, you know, trying to take advantage of any opportunity that she had out there. And, you know, no, there's this no slight to her and, you know, not necessarily any uh, any uh, rookie rankings here. But, you know, Michaela had the most opportunity out of all the rookies. I think, I think everybody can, can acknowledge that, you know, the yeah. rookies didn't mm-hmm. get a whole lot run. Uh, you know, D.D. Richards got a little bit out in New York with her, but not a bunch. Um, and Ari McDonald was very devoid of the opportunities that she deserved throughout the season. And uh, looking looking at these looking at these players, like the right person won the Rookie of the Year. I, I don't think yes. there's a question about that no. based on the opportunity. But I don't think the player that won Rookie of the Year is the best rookie in the 2021 class. Probably not. No. I, like like you said, I, I think Ari McDonald uh, wasn't utilized sorry, as well. Ari. As she, sorry, yeah, if I, if I, I knew that. that. I just messed up. Uh, uh, Ari, like you said, wasn't used to her full potential. I think, and and I think once they realized, you know, hey, she was this good, and we didn't play her all the, all these times that we could have. You know, she led. I, I think all rookies last year in terms of assists per game. Not just that, but uh, you know, she was fantastic second among all rookies in terms of points a game. She was averaging at least a made three per game right up there with, with Michaela. Um, had the best free throw percentage out of all, all rookies. I, I I strongly think that she may have the best uh, chance of having the best career, the best player out of this draft class. 
too early to say though, but I think Michaela was absolutely deserving of, of uh, rookie of the year this year. I didn't watch too much Liberty um, games. I think um, the only like yeah, I watched I watched the first game and then I watched their um, playing game or not playing game, but um, well technically playing game because I don't consider those games to be real playoff games. But even though it was kind of a playoff game, but I think that with what they got in in, in Michaela from what I've seen, what they got in Michaela and just New York uh, Liberty in a, in a general, um, you have bit Nigel Laney. I believe I said that right this time. Um, yes, you did. Th- thank God. That's my first time saying it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they got bit Nigel. They got they got Sabrina. Um, I love I love Didi. She came from Baylor, and I rooted for Baylor. Um, they've got a nice squad going forward, and I think that like like what you said, I think that um, if Ari or Ari, it's Ari, right? Ari. 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 Yeah, just edit that part out. But um. I think if she was utilized more and properly, I feel like she could have won it personally. Um, and with what you said, Drew, that um, not being the best player personally, um, I'm playing like I'm playing WM uh, my WNBA on 2K, and a wa- and out of all the rookies that were drafted, a walk is the highest overall with an 86. Like years down the line, um, but I think this it's going to take more because I think that. Um, Renina Davis could have won it personally just because of my and that's mainly because of my links bias but I feel like she could have won it if she was healthy this season you know coming coming into this draft especially based on what she did in the NCAA tournament I thought Ari goodness I, I did it again I thought Ari <laughs> McDonald was the best rookie coming in I thought yeah. she was really you know I really liked you know Charlie obviously I like the walk. Uh, I, I like Dee Dee and her story and how she was playing. Um, but 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 Aerie, Aerie is very talented. And once I saw that she was getting drafted to the Dream, I was really worried because of, you know, the guard play that they had out there already. You know, Courtney Williams, an all-star. Kennedy Carter, a really special young talent who, you know, you know everything went wrong in Atlanta this year. So, I mean, you know, she didn't really get off to where she was supposed to, you know, catapult to in her second year. But – you know, I just didn't feel like that was the right spot. You know, you know, an experienced veteran in Courtney and then one that you're already trying to develop in Kennedy Carter, who is, you know, kind of what was supposed to be franchise out there in Atlanta. And then you draft Aerie. Uh, the the fit was just, huh? It, it was just one of those situations where, you know, they had to get best player available. And once those two bigs were gone for Dallas, I mean, this is what you were uh, gone with Dallas. This is what you were left with, you know, the actual best player in the draft. You know, Dallas was hunting those bigs. They got who they wanted, and this is the best available. Um, so, uh, Ari, you know, had she gotten more opportunity, I think she could have been the rookie of the year. Uh, she didn't, you know, want, you know, in the opportunity yeah. she did have, you know, she she averaged six less minutes per game than what uh, Michaela did. Uh, but she, she wasn't very efficient in her time out on the court, and that was, you know, a testament to what actually kind of hurt her case, even with, you know, she she might have had a better chance had she been more efficient, even though she just played a little bit less minutes per game. Um, so, and, you know, it was right neck and neck. But as far as the best, um, I think the the player that's going to end up being the best player in this draft is the one that got the least opportunity all season long, and that's a walk career. Uh, he's very special. She did not get much of any run, definitely in the first half of the season for Dallas. Started getting some run later. 
but when when she's out there, I mean, she's so versatile. She she tries to be a part of everything, you know, defensively, uh, you know, get some buckets up when she can. But you know, she was devoid of opportunity severely out there, and it was it was a crying shame. You know, though you know Isabel Harrison, uh, you know, had one of the probably the best season of her career and took advantage of her minutes. You know, there's no reason a walk shouldn't have seen a lot more playing time than she did. And and hopefully, you know, just just based on what I know from Vicky Johnson, how much she actually likes a walk, that she will see more in the future. It's just, you know, it's just wasn't the time. But you know, you know, a lot of people will make the case that she should have saw a lot more minutes. And that that's you know, honestly, the same case uh, for Charlie as well. Though I mean, I still think a walk is the better player and will be the best one in this draft as far as career goes once she gets those opportunities because her versatility is, you know, it's, it's unheard of for, for a player her size, and she's showing it in, in her overseas play right now. Um, so I really like what I see there. You know, once once these other players around outside of Michaela get more opportunity, and this is no slight to her, but they will show why they are uh, better players, you know, you know, just as far as talent goes, Aries better talent. You give her more minutes, she gets a little bit more efficient. You know, she's just it's just going to show, you know, what anybody thought all along. You know, Charlie, she's got some defensive woes to work on, but you know, we're, whenever she gets an opportunity in the post, I mean, she can get a bucket. She can get a bucket, um, and and she she did well rebounding early, but once those opportunities came away, she wasn't able to you know bring down many rebounds later in the year. Uh, only averaging 12 minutes per game, uh, you know, after, you know, early in the year starting some games. Uh, actually, she started uh, she started 18 games, as a matter of fact. But, you know, some of those times, you know, after she was pulled initially, she didn't see the floor sometimes. So that really hurt where she was statistically in, in, in her race for the uh, rookie of the year uh, as the number one overall pick. But to me, I think a walk is going to end up having a better career. I think she's the most versatile player in this draft. Uh, has the highest ceiling and is, is really dynamic. Um, I think, um, you know, as time goes on, uh, Dee Dee Richards will, will continue to, to come into her own as well out in New York. Um, she just, you know, with, you know, with the, the young talent they have out there, bringing in a scorer like Laney, uh, having Sabrina out there, you know, Michaela as well, uh, Natasha Howard. There's a lot of talent out there. So, as you know, two young rookies trying to make their way. The fact that both of them made the all rookie team is good. Um, it's just, um, it's just, it's going to be tough for them to develop all the, all the youth in in both Dallas and in New York properly. Yeah. Who, who do you also, go ahead? Uh, one thing I'll say since we're talking about WNBA rookies, um, I need my, I need my, I need my girl Dijanae Carrington to get some more run. Um, that's yeah. I, I I listen like me personally like when I watch that college when I watch that college game I think it was between Baylor and UConn. Yo, like Dijanae is going to be a problem, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I want one one day hopefully I want the WNBA to get like a development league because like I feel like she could develop a whole lot more, but it's going to be uh, hard to develop. Like she's killing it overseas as well. So hopefully Dijanae can get a lot of um, run, maybe starting next season, maybe just more than she got this season. Um, and yeah, that that that's all I wanted. Yeah, a lot of special talent with this with this rookie class. They they didn't think it was the strongest coming in, but you know you see the talent that these players have. You know, just give them some opportunity, and they can they can run away with it. 
Um, yeah. you know, even if you're not, you know, considered the best rookie in this class, you know, kind of like Michaela was, and she came over the rookie of the year. Shout out to her, by the way, coming away with that award. Absolutely. Um, WNBA rookies are very dynamic. And uh, I'm I'm very interested to see if there's any movement in those young players. You know, there are some young players over the previous years who have uh, done some bouncing around. You know, Lauren Cox from Indiana to L.A. and you know some other moves around the league and possible uh, possible Kennedy Carter move in the offseason as well. Uh, so so we'll see what shakes up as far as as those rookies go. And um, and yeah, looking forward to the uh, 2022 season with the uh, with the next class coming up. And uh, some of those players coming out. Um, BJ, you got some yeah. uh, with it or quit it for us? I do have some with it or quit it questions for both of y'all. Ooh, okay. Targets to play with it or quit it. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. So, number one, and I guess Lamar is kind of already uh, stolen a little bit of the thunder with my question, but I, you know, he may, may have a different opinion. I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Of the WNBA players drafted in the second round last year, D.D. Richards will be the best out of all the 12 drafted. With it or quit it? She'll have the best career, I should say. That's an easy yes for me. I guess it depends on how you look at it and what you value, right? Like, if you value offense more, it's going to be decent A, but if you value defense more and the all-around game. So I will go with it. Just because the, I think the defense is gonna pave a lot of ways for DD. Awesome. So I'll, I'll, right. I'll go with it right now. Yep, and and like I said, there's only one year in, and still hopefully got a long way to go to determine that. All right, number two. This one should be a little bit easier than the the first one. Are you with it? Or are you gonna quit it? That the NBA makes the play in tournament a full-time thing going forward for the rest you know, of all time. Basically, they keep it around and, and expand the playoffs to include the plan for them. Dang it. Oh, I, I don't want to say this, but I know it's it's going to be true. With it, I think they're going to keep it. Um, created a lot of excitement. You know, Lakers versus Warriors last year. Um, you know, so whatever dynamic teams are on the edge or, you know, just miss it and, you know, try and – for their playoff lives to get in there. You know, they love the excitement out there. Um, with it, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't really actually hate it or anything like that. You know, I actually, you know, dislike the Commissioner's Cup thing more in the WNBA than I dislike this, but uh, they're, they're going to keep the play-in tournament very much so. I'll say with it, but we got to look at it as though last year, like the whole Steph Curry and LeBron thing in the play-in, how often is that going to happen? Like I, me this personally, happen again. Me personally, I like the idea of the playing tournament, and I and I do hope that it stays. But if you think that we're going to get another playing tournament like that, it's going to be very, very rare that that happens again. So I'll say with it, but it's but last one, the last playing tournament was probably the best one we're ever going to get. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with it too. I don't think it should necessarily stick around, but um, you know, I I think if they want to keep it around, they should explore things like maybe lowering the number of games they play in a season. I think that would probably be their best move. If if you don't play a full 82 game season, then you should be able to keep the play in tournament in my opinion. Um All right, number 3. Let's go back 
to the WNBA. All right, let's see here. Okay. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Lamar can answer it. I'll be back. Hold on. I didn't, I okay. didn't get a question. Yeah, I uh, I kind of had a brain fart there. I apologize. Um, oof, I, I'm, I don't know what happened to my question. It just went completely out of my mind. Um, all right. Are you with it or are you going to quit it that the Dallas Wings – will no, not have the top pick come 2023? Um, depends on how you look at that question, because do I believe that they'll have the, the second pick? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they could have the third pick. They could still be in the lottery. They just won't have number one. But um, if they if they develop correctly, and that's and that's the key, when you, when mm-hmm. whenever you get lottery picks like this is development. So you said twenty twenty three, right? Yeah. If they don't, if they have the top pick in twenty twenty three, we have a problem. And I think if, if, mm-hmm. if they're even in the lottery in twenty twenty three, there's gonna yeah. be a problem. Like there's gonna have to actually be a discussion. It's like, okay, what on earth is this team doing that they're in the lottery this many times in a row? So, yeah. me personally, in terms of how things should go. Um, I'll say quit it. Um, but you know what? We need some controversy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say with it. Um, just because I, I really, <laughs> I really don't trust that that franchise, and I didn't trust it. Um, ever since Skyler and and Liz demanded out the way they did, so yeah, I I don't trust that franchise. They're in the lottery. They got two bigs. Um, they got a Rike, which the which um. WNBA Twitter seems to not like. I can see why. Um, you know, she apparently she has more blocks on on Twitter than she does in her NBA, in her WNBA career, which is crazy, by the way. Uh, but I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, I'll I will say, I will say, um, they will have the, they will have the top pick in twenty twenty three. They'll have number. They'll probably have number two in the next draft lottery. But by twenty twenty three, they'll have they'll have it probably. Okay, okay. All right, number four. With it or quit it that out of all the NBA rookies that Wait. are not not just – Oh, you're back, Drew? Wait, I have returned. I had to give somebody okay. some money. Okay, okay. What was three? Number three was uh, are you with it or quit it that the Dallas Wings by 2023 will not have the number one pick in the draft? And basically, uh, I didn't. I left it a little bit vague. Lamar said, "Do you, do I believe they'll have like the two or the three pick instead, or or do I believe that they'll, you know, they'll be out of the lottery picks by then?" They better be out of lottery picks. I'm gonna, I'm quitting it. I better not. Be. <laughs> goodness, I will be furious. You you will. I'll have gray hair if they have more. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm, go to number four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You wanted to answer that so bad, and you didn't even answer. <laughs> Man, <laughs> yeah. Okay, number four out of all the NBA rookies this year, are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? That Scotty Barnes has the best career out of all the NBA rookies. Oh. 
I yeah. want I want to say with it, but Evan Mobley's right there. <laughs> yeah. And Kate is right there, man. Like, yeah. Oh. Even Josh Giddy is right there, man. Like, yeah. I'm going to say quit it. If we're talking about a total career, I think that there'll just be other people that's better, that, that will have a better, that will have a bigger role than him in terms of what they're required to do. And they'll be asked to do more, which will result in probably inflated numbers, um, more all-star nods. I think that in terms of the player that Scotty Barnes is, not that he doesn't have the potential to be, but I think um, in terms of what he's going to be doing a lot more, um, in terms of what, in terms of like passing, rebounding, and stuff like that. Whereas in terms of how we value it, I think that the awards are going to go to other people. If I, if that made sense. Yeah. Drew. He just said, "Be right back." Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll come back to him. All right. Last but certainly not least, number five. What? Oh, okay. You got to stop doing that to Sorry. me. Sorry. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> somebody scared me coming in, so I had to make sure I didn't know who it was. Um, oh, yeah. Scotty Barnes versus the field. Uh, the field. Scotty Barnes is really good, but, you know, I don't know what Cade Cunningham's going to be like or Evan Mobley down the road. Yeah. Uh, so uh, quit it. <laughs> All right, last but certainly not least. Okay, out of the five teams currently listed in the Eastern Conference, not in the playoffs at this very moment, which includes Milwaukee, Atlanta, Indiana, Detroit, and Orlando. Are you with it, or are you going to quit it, that four of those five teams do not make the playoffs? Oh, I'm quitting that. I'm so quitting that. <laughs> four out of those five. You said four out of those five teams do not make yeah. the playoffs, right? Yeah, I yes. quit that. I quit that. Not, okay, here's actually, you know, here's my question. Are we counting the play-in as part of the playoffs? Well, these are the five that are not a part of the play-in right now. Yeah, I say I say quit it. They, they will at least at least three of them will make it. At least, I don't see the yeah. Bucks being down there for for that no. much longer. No, right. I, I think the bet. Uh, I think the Pistons and the Magic are a definite out. So I'm, I'm gonna quit it too because I mean the Bucks are gonna get together when Milton gets back. The Hawks will figure it out, uh, and the Pacers ought to be able to figure it out too. So. All right. I went a little bit easy that. with y'all this week. There we go. There we go. Oh, that's Scotty well, I mean, Barnes. You stressed me out. That one really made me think. <laughs> you stressed me out with one question, BJ. I ain't got a lot of you. <laughs> Over here sweating bullets like, oh, my God, wings and lottery picks, number one picks. <laughs> Still, two more years from now, I might have a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> goodness. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode. Rookies in review of the NBA and WNBA rookies of 2021. Guys, Lamar, appreciate you coming on uh, for the majority of this episode today, brother. No problem. Um, anytime anytime, y'all want to talk about the barnyard, you know, <laughs> let, me, let me know. 
I'll be prepared for the puns. All right, guys. Appreciate everybody coming in today. Shout out everybody on halftime came in, coming in and hanging out with us today. We will have another episode again next week. Uh, might be able to stay on Wednesdays here. We'll be talking to Justin and Michael about it. Um, but make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on Twitter. We'll see you next week.